is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. But I'm your race. Oh, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Winterson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the Buckersave Manifest. Good night, Mr. Winterson. Good night. Recording from a hermit's treehouse on the Forest Moon of Endor, this is World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton. And I am Sean. We are two gentlemen who crashed our ship into the woods and made friends with the indigenous fuzzballs. Anyway, on this podcast, we talk about whatever we feel like, and this is Star Wars Month. We're talking about Star Wars, and it's not going well. It's been rough. It's getting (laughs) rougher. Yeah. Huh. So... (laughs) You know, I was we were watching these, and I'm speaking of the uh, 1985 Ewok TV movies, mm-hmm. the Ewok Adventures. And as I turned on the first one, I thought this came out 1985, the height of my Star Wars fanship. Right. So how come I remember seeing the commercials and being excited? I remember watching it when it premiered, both of them. Mm. And I know we 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 had a VHS, so we recorded them. Oh wow! Or v- VCR, I believe they were called. Oh, well, VHS even, went even better. Of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just had a VHS and <laughs> held it up to the TV, hope for the best. I don't know how magnets work. Uh, yeah. So, and then I was wondering, like, why did I not watch these over and over and over again? And I, I, the answer is right there. It's right there because I also watched them as a kid, and I remember being disappointed. Yeah, I I just remember I know that I watched them when they were on and we taped them and I never watched them again, and I and I know that I was so excited every time the commercial would come on during Monday Night Football or right. Mash reruns or whatever <laughs> or maybe Mash original yeah. runs I don't know, <laughs> when Mash happened. So there's it's kind of amazing to me that two movies came out. Was it all the same year? I thought the first was eighty four, eighty four, eighty five, or something, or over the same. TV season? No, I think it was the same calendar year, but different seasons. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, this says 84 for the Ewok Adventure, later rebranded Caravan of Courage. Which is much less catchy, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they were about a year apart, November okay. of 84 and 85, respectively. So wait, what did we just talk about that came out in November? Oh, that's 78, though, the the holiday special. Yeah, the holiday special. So, so no, yeah. So the holiday season's always it has just kind of become the Star Wars season because all the new Star Wars movies in the last few years have all been Christmas, which I like, even yeah. though I think originally they were all supposed to come out in May. Solo well, uh, might be the first one that actually stayed on schedule. Last Jedi was supposed to come out in May. Okay, yeah. I don't know about Rogue One. Okay, but, but either regardless... It's a nice, it's now to me a fuzzy, no pun intended, holiday seasonal thing, right? Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and like TNT and all those cable channels will show the mar- this prequel marathon and the, you know, the, it'll show the original trilogy once in a while, but mainly the prequels, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. They show the, the original series way, original trilogy way more often. Yeah. But, just- but those are always like holiday marathons. Yeah, and it's it's nice. Yeah, you finish eating your your turkey and and, and your fixins, and then you sit down and watch the Ewok adventure. <laughs> of course, 
with your with your puppy. Right. So I have uh, so okay, Caravan of Courage is the first one, 1984. We uh this is a, a story based on a story by George Lucas, um directed by an Academy Award winning documentary filmmaker. Real well Yeah. It, I loved that it did have an, a voiceover narration that was like a nature show by Burl Ives. I really enjoyed that. It was strange, yeah. And he, it doesn't do the usual Star Wars introductions, but then Burl Ives chimes in with, "A long time ago, in an enchanted forest," and I never knew it was an enchanted forest. And I don't think we really ever see any enchantments happening, when, at least in the first movie. Yeah, they get, magic gets involved in the second. But I loved that he would that it was doing stuff like Weechi and Whittle are looking for a, an animal to hunt and they've gotten lost on the cliff. That's true. I didn't think of it that it way. It was straight up like yeah. a nature documentary. I thought of it as as like a the fairy Princess tale. Bride where he's reading us a fairy tale. Well, it does kind of intro that way, but there's a few se- scenes and sequences where it describes what they're doing exactly like you're watching Planet Earth. That's true. And I thought that was charming and also weird. So I was confused right up front because we have a crashed spaceship to start us off. And parents are hunting around with flashlights looking for their children. They get carried off by the Gorlax or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's the Gorax. The Gorax. And then the next morning we find that the children were just hiding inside the ship the whole time. So I was really confused why they were searching for their children Gosh. When the children were right there. I guess the old switcheroo. I guess the the kids doubled back. It, it, it was like a little joke on their parents. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they did go out exploring. Parents got kidnapped, then they came back, and we just didn't see that because right. the credits were happening. Gosh, I want to start breaking this down immediately. Should we go through the plot first? Cause, yeah, Because okay. so, there's some problematic things immediately. So, that... so that's our start. We find out that our lead character's name is Mace. Yeah. And uh, if you look at... George Lucas's original notes for the first movie, Mace Windu, is one of the names he kept tossing around. He loves the name so Mace. He, he wanted someone named Mace. I had to look it up on Wikipedia because I thought they were saying Maze the whole time, like oh. like a labyrinth. And I I liked that name, Maze. Yeah, thought Maze was cool kind name. of kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. The, these kid actors they got, Maze and Sindel, or is it? Did I say that in a weird way? Like. Is it Sindel? It's Sindel, huh? I think it's Sindel. Sindel is how, like, an, an evil... That's how Grand Moff Tarkin would say it. Yes. But these kids are... Cu- well, the the little girl's really, really adorable. She's, really yeah, cute. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And, and kind of a... Her, her line delivery is pretty bad, but in a, a cute little kid way, like Full House, like little brats on Full House, where they're bad actors, but it's just they're so dang cute. Yeah. And then Maze, so Maze was the best because I couldn't decide if he was really ugly or or cute, and I also couldn't decide if he was good at acting or the, or terrible. He was a knockoff bootleg version of Mark Hamill, kinda. Like if you, oh my gosh, it kind of was. You know, you're in some market in some distant port town, and they're selling spaceman toys for a dollar. Yeah. And you buy the Luke spaceman toy. It's Mace Skywalker. It's Mace. Yeah. <laughs> so by Mace the end, Tawani. by the end, I loved him. I loved his delivery, his weird screaming. He was screaming really, a lot. Really scream, a lot of screaming. <laughs> really intense too. He's an intense little kid. I did appreciate. I'm always complaining that movies have too much dialogue. Not much dialogue in this, but what there was was Mace screaming. <laughs> and not screaming like like screaming words, not just screaming. In Get terror. out of the way, Squeedle! Yeah. And like, look out! Like I, I, I found it strangely endearing. It was at first real obnoxious. Then I'm like, God, I love this guy. I would, 
And I love that he was wearing a kind of faux TIE fighter pilot, or I mean X-Wing uh, or, pilot, yeah. X-Wing pilot outfit. It was it kind of the orange jump flight suit they, they wear in the movies. Yeah, but, it brings the universe together. But yeah, it was. It was it, but it was more like kind of at home leisure. The leisure, <laughs> it was the leisure version. The, it's it's actually the way that people buy buy jerseys and and, and football outfits. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> football outfits. Football outfits. Like they have the on field X Wing football jerseys, but then this is like kind of for the fan. So he's kind of the X Wing fan. It does, as you said, tie the universe together. It doesn't have as, as many straps and right. tubes and buttons, but mm-hmm. it's the general idea. Right. And his hair was almost spot on Return of the Jedi Luke, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, Joe Johnston in the credits, he's a production designer. Uh, Went on to direct The Rocketeer, Captain America, First Avenger. Yeah, that, that jumped out to me, and I was going to ask you if that was the same guy. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's cool. He did a lot of set work on the original movies, too. And this was his first credit as really? the production designer. Oh, nice. So he was doing, you know, assistant. I don't know about assistant, but lesser caliber. Le- uh, he had a less prestigious title is what I'm trying to say. Okay. What, and then he got bumped up to production designer for this one. For the for the second one or first one? The first one. First one. Is yeah, he on Caravan both of, of them? I didn't see him on the second one. Okay. But it does. Okay. Well, the production design, they're making the universe look like the universe, right? That's pretty much what they're doing. What does a pr- production designer do? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, everything, they kind of oversee everything as right. far as, I mean, there's a costume designer, but I think the production designer maybe oversees them. Right. Sort of just or make it, sure. Or it could just be the physical sets, the mise-en-scene, the, the table settings and the. I've, I have a feeling trees. there's a, a lot of gray area in, in making films where people get titles, but everyone's kind of doing everything. People, certain people obviously are more focused on one thing, but you got to get shit done. Well, and sometimes the titles are just handed out. Like politically, right? Like, okay, we'll give you an associate producer credit because mm-hmm. you said you should make that Ewok gray instead of brown. Okay, stuff like that. Cool. Okay, let's see the. When did they first run into? I watched this one, the first one, a week ago. So I'm already, I'm already. Luckily, it's fading from my mind, which is a, a blessing. Well, they immediately run into Ewoks. So what is the deal with Ewoks? Because as we see in Return of the Jedi, they are a violent. Uh, meat eating like they're they were eat people they will they eat the goddamn stormtroopers at the end of return of the jedi <laughs> right eat them all that the, right. once you pointed that out it changed the entire way i looked at the ewoks because i did see them as kind of little teddy bears but they're tribal they're violent they're superstitious mm-hmm. and and they i think they would eat this, this these these people so when the Ewoks first come into the ship they're there to eat the children i imagine they're going to eat han solo aren't they in yes. return yeah Yes. So probably, I mean, just like a dog finding a mouse, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't know quite what to do with it yet, mm-hmm. but probably is going to eat it. This movie really cemented the fact, I love Ewoks. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. They're just little fuzzy things. Like, imagine if Tugboat the dog walked around on two legs mm-hmm. and, you know, was kind of even more your buddy, but still your pet. He's definitely got a cranky kind of Ewok murderous attitude. Definitely. Like he he would love to go and and kill. Like like these Ewoks love killing so much. And we see them kill a lot. For it being a kids show, you forget that when they have these little battles with the the marauders in the second one. Mm-hmm. And then it, they had don't they have a battle in this first one with somebody? Well, the big Gorlax at the end. Okay. Gorax. Oh no, they fight they fight that giant pig thing. Mm-hmm. There's like a a pig 
like boar monster that I thought was pretty cool. And they do they kind of fight each other like they tumble around and wrestle like little puppies. It's adorable. Right. But they have full on wars in the second one. Like they have full on bloody battles. And and then going back to Return of the Jedi, how many stormtroopers were killed by them? Well, th- now this is before Return of the Jedi. What? So probably the, this battle with those marauders really made them withdrawn a bit. Even more suspicious. Th- these these are both supposed to take place before Return of the Jedi. That kind of changes everything. <laughs> takes place after the Ewoks cartoon series, but before Return of the Jedi. This makes no sense then, because there's something I was going to bring up at the end. I'll still bring it up at the end. Let's continue the plot. But there's some stuff. There's a that's the second huge thing that does not make sense. Oh, that also doesn't make sense that when they see Princess Leia, they have Wicket is the first one to meet Leia, right? And seems to have no idea what kind of creature she is, right? And he she has to. He's like food. terrified of her. With with his experiences from these other humans, he should immediately run up and hug her, right? She's like, "Oh, it's yeah." One. All right, and anyway, let's get through the movies. Then we'll then we'll tear them the f- apart. Well, there's really not much to get through. There's like the holiday special. There's just minute after minute of made up language that's not translated or subtitled. Okay. So we yes. do get the opening about 10, 15 minutes of Ewoks talking to each other. Luckily, those little guys are so darn adorable. They're adorable. It's fine. But um, and then I also noticed that Endor in this movie looks way more like Earth than it did in Return of the Jedi. And that might be the TV cameras versus cinema cameras. Did the did the foliage look different? Is it is it not is it less rainforesty? It's just not as there's yeah, there's a lot more open spaces, there's yeah. just grassy fields. I got the There's f- no question that it's just California when you're watching it. Right. I got the feeling in the in the Return of the Jedi that it's more like a tropical rainforest. And this did That's feel much like. more like the like a redwood forest or something. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, as you're listening to this, dear reader, I'm actually there right now. On the moon of Endor. I am on the moon of Endor, uh, so I'm very excited That's to be cool. there now. Be very careful. It's a violent, dangerous place. <laughs> it is. If you see a cute critter, well, I mean, The thing is, is the Ewoks are the least of your problems, and they are That's violent true. murderers. So let's let's break down the plot just quickly. So they, I, yeah, I, which, the parents are kidnapped by a giant kind of... Jack and the Beanstalk pig man monster named Gorax. The parents are named Katarine and Jeremit, who Jeremit is such a transformative experience that he looks like a totally different actor in the second movie. Mason Sindel take Wicket, and then this is, I had to look up the Ewoks because they don't have enough dialogue to even know their names. Mm-hmm. But it's Deej is the leader, Weechi, Whittle, which are the two kids of Deej, I think. Chucka Trock is the one that has the axe. I had to look him up Gimli. specifically. Yeah, he's the he, and you have my axe. And then Wicket. They go on this adventure. Well, and L- Low Gray is in it. We know him from from Return of the Jedi. He's the dark gray and light gray one with the skull is on he his the head. S- same one? Is he supposed to be the same That's guy? That's him. He's the medicine man. Okay. Okay. Both. I have the I have the original figure from my childhood of that toy. My, I've lost the 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 skull hat. That's a shame. Low Gray is a, one of the coolest. Yeah, I imagine most people that have Ewoks from the from their childhood have lost the outfits. That's <laughs> how I'm going to make myself feel better. Okay, what do what they... They traverse a long distance, which I found puzzling, because that means the Gorax, when he ran into the parents, was hundreds of miles from his castle. So I, I was like, why, where, why was he clear over here? Was he looking for Ewoks? Because they have to do a Lord of the Rings-type walk across the moon. Yeah, it's basically the entire thing is the Lord of the Rings walk. Yeah. It's fellowship. 
Yeah, he must have been really far. It takes them days to get there. It takes them days. So so... But they get started the day after the parents get kidnapped. So when they get there, were they just barely settling into the castle? Yeah, they had only been there a couple hours, I imagine. Maybe the Gorax can move way faster. He's got bigger legs. Yeah, and probably the little girl needs to rest more often. How smart is the Gorax, would you say? Why did he not eat the parents? Um, Yeah. Because he gets once they get to the castle, we're just going to kind of skip the other bullshit. Because what do they do? They fall in a lake. <laughs> when you want to talk about saving money on on special effects, the scene where Mace falls in the lake and can't get out because there's like a magic barrier, and he's basically just just touching nothing and yelling. And then they're trying to touch the water, but it's they they can't break through it. I don't. I mean, you said what else happens? I really don't think anything does happen. My notes are. My notes say, where usually I have little bullet points about the plot that I want to talk about. My notes say, Endor looks a lot like Earth. My next note says, holy shit, this is boring. <laughs> and my next one says, in quotes, the dreaded forbidden fortress of the giant Gorax. Okay, so the whole movie is ba- just, that note tra- traversed the entire movie. They have to go do magic, where she turns a thing into a lizard. And then yeah. they play with those fairies, those glowing fairies. Oh, yeah, they play with those fairies forever. They get trapped in a magic lake. Mace does and almost drowns. And then there's a part where Sindel, like the horse runs off because it gets spooked. Oh, also th- Ewoks have horses. <laughs> I know. They have earth horses. <laughs> they do. Which was a, I kind of felt bad for the horse because it looked like a lot of weight was on the weird caravan thing on it, that it was on its back. Yeah. So they get to the castle. The Gorax, it, 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 all it made me think of is, is Jack and the Beanstalk. Well, first they have to fight the Shelob or the spider from Krull. Oh, yeah. That's right. There's a lot of screaming during that. Mace gets a lot of good yelling in in that scene. God, again, that was so cheap. It looked like a Halloween store spider. Which is weird because some of the stop motion stuff looked pretty cool for, it, for being stop motion. The big boar looked pretty cool. And then, there, like I said, the the second movie, it looks great. Mm-hmm. There's, they got way more money for the special effects and way more money for costumes and, and masks and stuff. Uh, but yeah, but this one was like, you go to, go down to Halloween city and get me a spider, damn it. Or a, uh, spook alley that's going out of business. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Amusement park ride. Cause I mean, who didn't see the spider coming in that scene when you come to a giant <laughs> web and none of them seem to be worried. They're like, Oh, let's just cross this divide on this web. Well, you know, we don't really see a lot of spiders in the star Wars universe besides this one. Oh, maybe they've never so seen they a spider. Know. Shouldn't the Ewoks know about spiders, though? It's their, their moon. They were venturing places they've never been before. Oh, okay, They'd yeah. never been that far, just like Hobbits Hence, leaving the Shire. Caravan of Courage. Mm-hmm. Okay. It did take a lot of guts for them to, to... They're really superstitious and stupid, so I'm not surprised. There's... <laughs> the plan... I want to talk about the plan to free the parents. The parents... The, the, the giant monster is is eating a bone, chewing on a bone and mad about it. And the parents are in a, a cage dangling 30 or 40 feet above the, the ground. And the plan is one of the Ewoks distracts the giant, which chases after the, the Ewok. And then the other three decide, this is, I could not figure out what they were doing. They got a giant ax of the, of the giant Gorax and Mace stood on one side and then two Ewoks jumped onto the other end, did the teeter-totter catapult thing. But I don't know why they did that. Then he flew up there, and then he had a he had a rope, and he he let the rope down, and then he the, the no wait, the Ewok climbed up then, right? Yeah. So the Ewok climbed up the rope, 
I just couldn't figure out like what were they doing. No, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. And then, well, you asked earlier how smart is the Gorax? <laughs> Why didn't he eat the parents? Did he, is he very smart? And they were simply the bait. And now he's going to have this oh five Ewok, Ewok yeah. Feast. That's true. And he still got the parents. Yeah, and the kid. Yeah. Okay, so man, maybe we don't give give him enough credit. The plan didn't make sense, but at least it was the first time in the entire movie that there was anything resembling action. Right. Something happened. And then eventually the, Mace figures out the Gorax's weakness. Which Axes. <laughs> Getting hit with an axe. <laughs> the so, way he hits him with the axe, it's, it, again, it's just like Smaug being hit with the arrow in that one spot. I know. They're, they really draw attention to the axe where you're made to think like, oh, no. I know. And this you is, figured it out. This is Chucka Trox axe. You, you skimmed over the, the most tragic moment. George Lucas loves killing which, Ewoks. Yeah, which when the Ewok gets killed, which I was kind of surprised they did. Again. They the killed of, one in Return of the Jedi. Killed one in Return of the Jedi. The moon of Endor is a violent place to be. It is. It's very scary. It's very sinister. It's foreboding. Because you don't know what you're going to find around the next corner. Well, you know, let's let's just finish off this first movie. They they get the parents, they kill the the Gorax, and they leave. And then what happens? The entire family immediately dies. Then we jump into the sequel. Yes, <laughs> Battle for Endor, where immediately they are all murdered in front of their children. Yeah. So this big happy family adventure, the both parents and Maze are murdered in the opening sequence. So I'm thinking, finally, a villain. Right. This is. I mean, we we're getting now. We're getting lasers. We're getting crazy alien monster costumes. Yeah, it comes out swinging. We're getting a villain emerging from the fog, backlit like Darth Vader. That's Terak. Is his name Terak? He's With- played by Carol Striken, that really tall guy. Okay. Who's in uh, Twin Peaks as the giant? And, oh, really? Yeah, okay. All, all sorts of things where they need a tall. Weird looking guy. Okay, and then with his witch, the the night sister Chiral, which is a pretty cool name. And at some point, Mister Tawani has turned into the principal from Breakfast Club. Yes, this is the tran- this is the transformative experience I talked about. Jeremit. Now, this is, did this come out before the Breakfast Club? It may have. It may have been right, right around about that time. The same right time. That is such an iconic role as the principal in the Breakfast Club. That as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, Breakfast Club came out a few months before, so probably he was filming this like before it, it came out. Uh, it's it's just hilarious to see an actor like that. And, and it's in this little two-bit role. Why didn't they just get the original father since they kill him in the first three minutes? Oh, he was busy at doing a play in, in – he was doing Shakespeare in the Park. Did you also notice that the mother, Katerine, she – they didn't show her face. She was laying face down away. Oh, that's she was, true. She was already injured. So who knows what actress was actually playing the mother? Well, probably after that first movie, they demanded huge salary that's increases. It, that's what it was. Or maybe a We're salary. We're the stars of this picture. At all. The mother, uh, Fionola Flanagan, probably best known – now from Lost, mm-hmm. she was that the blue-eyed psychic sort of woman, and she's God. She's wait, which which one are you talking about? The mother or the witch? Uh, the mother, the, the mother. original mother. She has been. She's had quite a career. She's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very active. Yeah. Whatever happened to? I don't know. Eric Walker's Mace Tawani. This I think this is the only thing he ever did. I looked him up because I was like, what other shows can I watch where I have a weird prepubescent boy screaming? For the entire time. Uh, him and Warwick Davis made a documentary about 
the making of the film. As adults? Yeah. No, as kids. Oh, okay. Because Warwick Davis was only 13 or, or 14. Uh-huh. All the Ewoks are great, so, by the way. So George wanted to give them a, a film ed- education, so he gave them cameras. And I think that documentary only came out on YouTube about a year or two ago. Oh, wow. I'll have to watch it. Wicket's great. The the body, the, the body language acting that all the Ewoks have to do is pretty great. I do really like the Ewoks. But so, yeah. yeah. So we get this battle, and and now so we have evil Meryl Streep. What's her name? The Night Sister. Tural. Yeah, that's evil Meryl Streep, and then Tarek comes up and rips his mask off, and I swear he's wearing a. It's the same thing underneath. <laughs> I watched it three or four times. He he comes up and dramatically removes his mask, but it's just the it's exact same. Pretty much same. the same face. He's just wearing a mask that looks like his own face. Yeah, it reminded me of the Predator a little bit. And then he wants some sort of MacGuffin that's on the ship. He well, they think that the, the this is what I got from it. They think that the battery that operates the ship, whatever it is, little fusion reactor or whatever, they think that's magic. Because he wants the power. He keeps saying, I want the power. He, yeah, he says, I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Skeletor. The Night Sister is Evil Lynn. Oh, wow. And then their whole army is Beast Man and various other He-Man Skeletor villains. Jeez. I wonder if this is kind of a fever dream inspired Some by, of them by have, Masters of the Universe. And Masters of the Universe also combined fantasy and sci-fi. They had swords and laser beams, just like the Marauders. It's interesting you brought this up because I literally last night watched the... The to- how the toys that made us episode about masters of the universe that's a really good one it was really fascinating I was, in fact I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i was going to bring that up oh nice thanks for bringing it <laughs> that, up that one is so funny if you don't know let's talk about something that's actually interesting yeah the netflix four-part series the toys that made us which are these each one is more than an hour I think. yeah they're movie length at least an hour and there's barbie the original star wars toys gi joe and Masters, Masters of, the of the Universe. And the Masters of the Universe guys that are just these 30 years later after all the success and they still just don't even get it. They're, right. He's a big muscle guy in his red <laughs> underpants. I don't know. I like that they all argue about who created He-Man too. Every one of them agrees that they personally created it. Yeah, it's and but I mean, it's staggering how much money it made because it made, they were saying the first year was $7 million in toy sales. And this was the the first kind of backwards, like it started out as a toy. Then they made cartoons and everything else to support the toy, which usually is is the opposite. They made Star Wars as a hit. They make a toy, you know. Right. But by and then 80, Barbie's just Barbie. But it goes from like seven million dollars, fifteen, thirty, and like by eighty five, I think it was four hundred million dollars. It was, yeah, it got up that high. So it very easily this this Battle for Ender easily could have been a reflection of that. I really think it's it's got to be, huh? Very Masters of the Universe. Because I was confused. Where Tarek the... is kind of skullish, kind of skeletorish. You're totally right. Because the thing I kept thinking about is like this might be the first and only time in the Star Wars universe we see magic. Because the Night Sister's turning into a a bird. Because she has a magic ring. She has a magic ring. She turns into Galadriel at one point. Yeah, it's 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 very mystical and magical. And, and then, then, and then those... even Tarak is saying, "Use your magic and show me how to get, get." I want the power. <laughs> I want the. Po- I swear, he says it exactly the same inflection as the Master of the Universe opening. <laughs> I have the power. God, this is totally making sense now because also a thing I was thinking about is once the Ewoks get to Tarak's castle, it's a straight up medieval castle. Mm-hmm. So this is straight. This is fantasy Snake science Mountain, fiction. It is Castle Grayskull. Yeah, it's Castle Grayskull. 
Because where else in the Star Wars universe, pretty much everywhere, I guess Jabba's palace is a little weird, but it's still got futuristic stuff in it. And it still feels... It's really a vague thing to say that something feels like Star Wars, but I think everyone knows what that means. Right. And I guess I'm just saying Jabba's palace feels like Star Wars because it's always been part of Star Wars. Right. But it doesn't feel like... like You can't pluck that out and put it in Game of Thrones. The, the and this one is Terex just Castle, a, straight up Game this, of Thrones. Or, or Lord of the Rings. Right, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Wow. You're kind of blowing my mind right now. That's well, exactly gonna, what it is. We're going to circle back to the first one, and then we're going to find <laughs> another connection to another 80s fantasy oh, thing. Oh, great. Okay, so... Gosh, uh, this is just... Where were we? Well, so the family dies. They steal that thing. Poor uh, Sindel. On her own. with Well, with Wicket. Yeah, she gets thrown in with the other captured Ewoks that are being taken to this castle be thrown in the dungeon they they figure out how to they wiggle a board loose so wicket and sindel are the only two creatures or <laughs> character yeah, creatures creatures sure. creatures Cre- you know it's all subjective From a certain <laughs> point of view everything's a creature <laughs> the only two creatures small enough to wiggle out the bottom and then they have to do a similar kind of lord of the rings adventure they have to run from these what are they called i wrote it down the san jansen san jansen marauders Mm-hmm. And they all looked pretty great. They're cool looking. They're, yeah, they're really creepy. They had really, to run. Really rubbery. Wicket and Sindel had to run up a mountain, get into a cave. They had to. What was in there? A pterodactyl. Pterodactyl takes Sindel, and Wicket has to make a. a His glider to he fly lo- after. He just can make a glider in a pinch, man. <laughs> any pinch in Wicket. Oh, any Ewok can do that. They can immediately make a glider. Because I love that he was looking around the cave, and there was little sticks and stuff, and then suddenly you have a full size glider. Well, it was it was probably shed pterodactyl skin. It must have like been a snake, and then a lot of really long bones or sticks. I don't know why there was a twenty five foot stick in there, but whatever. <laughs> he chases the pterodactyl, saves Sindel. They, they end up in the forest far away, and and outside of a little old cottage. After running into a horrifying rabbit monster, I I did not like that. And I'm I referring not like to the rabbit monster, Teak. Teak, Teak is basically a rabbit version of an Ewok, but that runs really fast. Yeah, if an Ewok is an Ewok version of a dog, mm-hmm. Teak is an Ewok version of a rabbit, and I it's does not feel Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a nightmarish Easter bunny. It kind of has an Alfred E. Newman thing going on. Looks very sad, has sad eyes, and yeah. then runs in Benny Hill speed in fast motion. <laughs> yeah. And this is the the companion of my favorite character in, in this entire three hour endeavor between the two movies, and that's Noah, the grouchy hermit played by Wilford Brimley. And he is fantastic. He is fantastic. He in this. brings it. He's like, he said he first day he pointed to the director and he said, "Did you hire Wilford Goddamn Brimley or not?" Right. And they said, "Yes, sir." And he goes, "Then I'm going to be Wilford Brimley." I think he took over the production immediately because. He is. I loved every scene with him in it. I loved him berating the kid, yelling at the kid, yelling at the. He keeps calling Wicket, "You little beggar, beggar and rugrats." Calls him rugrats. <laughs> and he, I, I don't know what his his story is. He's also trapped there, like the Tawani family. Heart of gold, though. Yeah, underneath that gruff exterior, I had a feeling. <laughs> you, you saw it coming. I somehow? saw it coming a little bit. <laughs> When he specifically told Teak not to take these roles out and give them to the two 
hungry little kids. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy, this Noah. Now, they're, they're outside, and Wicket makes a fire and leaves. Now, we've, we've been in such a rush, we haven't had time to grieve. So Wicket leaves his fire-starting stick on the log that he goes to sit down on, stands up, slaps his butt, rolls around, screams real loud, starts jabbering in, right. in Ewok. I'm convinced he did that on purpose to cheer up oh. Sindel. I don't think he's really that. I mean, we just saw him make a glider, and then he made a fire, no sweat. And it, he, he's it, not a bumbling idiot. He is a child, though, right? He's a, he, he's a child Ewok, right? Or is he an adult? I picture him as the Luke Skywalker of Ewoks. So he's just kind of a younger one, but still, okay. Eager so, to prove himself. Okay, I, and capable. I can take that, because I was thinking that Sindel is taking this really well. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought the whole movie. Like, what, She literally had her entire family die, and not die, murdered, which is different. You know, this isn't a car accident. Like, they were murdered. Murdered right before they were about to escape. Right. No, I think Wicket's just really good. He's, he knows what she needs, and he's... I mean, he's learned the language... Which okay. is something Wookiees can't do. We haven't even touched on Wicket speaking. We're going to get that. That's one of the main points I want to discuss once we get through these movies. Okay. So what do they do now? Now they just kind of hang around the, the cabin goofing around for a while. And she has a nightmare. And Tarek's mad that the thing doesn't work. Right. He's blaming the witch. The witch kidnaps her. Yeah, the witch finally kidnaps Sindel. And then you, you tell me because I stopped watching. Okay. Well, this is when it kind of picks up. It's a shame you missed this because then uh, – Sindel and and the witch are before Terax, and he says, basically, use your magic and make give me the power. You have till morning, and they throw them in the dungeon, both of them. And he takes the witch's ring away, which kind of tricked me because I thought, oh, the witch is now going to join the good guys. But that's not the case. She's still evil. <laughs> and then Wilfred, Noah and and Wicket and Teak have to get into the castle. And, and it, there's a moat monster that's kind of like a piranha. The water bubbles when you get near it. So oh, I, so, like going into the mines of Moria? Oh, yeah. So I just thought it was, yeah, it kind of is a little bit like that. Or a trash compactor on the Death Star, I guess. Yeah, it's it's similar to both those things. And they But they get in a castle. Then there's a cool scene where all the the marauders are drinking. Everyone's just partying and getting drunk. And they and Wicket, Teak, and Noah have to sneak in. And I and they did the old thing in Austin Powers three, where they found a giant robe, and Wicket gets on top of Noah's shoulders, and so it's Wicket's face in a in like a nine foot tall guy, and they walk into the wall and stuff. Oh, and like, that's I love like when Dread they do Pirate that, Roberts. like Dread Pirate Roberts, or, or like two kids sneaking into an R rated movie, right? And so that was charming. And of course, the Marauders were drunk enough that they just kind of looked like, huh. And I'm like, you, you don't, you wouldn't recognize an eight foot tall guy with you that has a a teddy bear face, like that wouldn't tip you off as much as just three people coming in. Well, you know how it is when you're drunk. <laughs> I know. This is like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then they, so then there's another great scene where they get down to the dungeon and there's two guards playing cards, and Teak goes over to steal the keys, and then I was like, well, great, they're still playing cards. What's your plan now, Teak? And Teak takes a card and slips it up one of the the guard's sleeves and so when he wins he lays down his cards and starts pulling the money over and when he pulls the money over the card falls out of his sleeve and the other guy they get get pulls his gun and they both shoot each other at the same time you realize this is exactly when sam and frodo sneak into minas morgul oh it is because they're in disguise they're in really stupid disguises disguises. and then they trick the orcs into into killing each other killing each other 
God, George Lucas. I'm sorry. No, I don't know. Was that in the book or was that in the It's in the, the book. Movie? No, it's it in is. the book. Okay, I couldn't remember. They all turn it on each other because they all want the ring, right? Everybody wants the ring is the the gist I got from the books. <laughs> in the movie, I think it's just like Sam goes up to one and says, hey, loser, and then the orc turns around and Sam points at another orc. I, I don't I, think that's really what happened, but that's my impression of it. Well, the, uh, um, the same thing happens. They kill each other, and yeah. then Sam and Fred are able to escape because all the orcs have murdered each other. And so that's pre- that happens also in this. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then does King Tarek get killed by a magic ring? Does he get killed? Is that? Oh, yeah. He has is, a he has a ring around his neck, and he is burned to death by it, by the power of the magic ring. Wow, that is what kills him. It's pretty horrifying. He turns kind of into a burned mummy. We're jumping ahead a bit. So everyone escapes, and then Tarek's like after them, and they all chase them all the way back to, I guess, all the way back to the Ewok village. Because then they're back to the sh- no 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 back to kind of where Noah's hood is, because Noah's got a sh- he's got a broken down ship and he- they're going to use the the power converter thing to to take off, and then there's a big battle, that's similar to the end of Return of the Jedi where the Ewoks are all, God or is it just no 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 it's cool they they turn on the ship and then the Ewoks man the gun turrets and start just blasting huge lasers at them, Does at the that Marauders in. In Return of the Jedi 2, do Ewoks get in an AT-AT? Or Han gets in an AT-AT? Chewbacca does. Chewbacca does, right. And then BB-8 does in Last Jedi. I think I think the Ewoks do also. I think the Ewoks are in there with Chewbacca. Because they for sure... Because Han and, and Leia lift, like, raise their hands because they're like, well, you got us. And then Chewie gets out, remember, mm-hmm. at the very end. Um, and they just take off at the end and, and leave, like, the two humans leave. And so let's get into how this doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. First of all, you were saying these two happened before Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Noah crashed on Andor in 26 BBY, which, as we mentioned last week, before Battle of Yavin, which is the demarcation point of the Star Wars universe, or at least is in the expanded universe. Well, I looked up... Are, are humans on every planet? Because looking this up, the Tawanis are from Earth, is from what I understood. From Earth? I swear that's what it said in Wikipedia. They're at least a... Hu- well, they could be from Earth, because this was before Earth Earthers had space travel. Well, that's why I'm asking you. I thought I saw that on Wikipedia. So this stuff all happened 3 ABY, after Battle of, of Yavin, so... It's happening almost at the same time as the end of Empire Strikes Back, then? It must be. Okay. Where where is this family from then if they're not from Earth? So why well while I'm looking that up, I'm gonna try to talk and read at the same time. The Ewoks are so fearful of our of the rebels and of the Tawanis, and they've had this battle against the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Why do they allow the Empire to come in and build their giant shield generating satellite dish and base? And how long did that take? They built that really fast if this is three ABY. So the reason the rebels go there is to blow up the satellite dish that's generating the Death Star's shields. Gosh, so, so maybe. The, well, is the Death Star in the same place? So the Ewoks are immediately threatening the rebels, but there must have been a shitload of Imperials and stormtroopers there for two solid years. Well, what is is the De- Death Star is not in the same place? The De- Death Star is near Yavin in the first movie. Well, then it blows up. And but I mean, I for some reason thought they built. I never really thought about it. To be <laughs> honest, I thought they built the Death Star in the same spot. 
I just assumed they used pieces of the old Death Star. I thought the Death Star wasn't totally destroyed as a kid, and they were just using they were rebuilding it. But they're starting from scratch, right? They're starting from scratch, and and we see them build it in Revenge of the Sith, sort of, and then we see the finishing touches in Rogue One. Well, yeah, but I mean the original, but, but then, the second so this one, then one, this is the second one's from scratch. It's not pieces of the first one at all. So they're thinking we're going to build this one from scratch. We're going to go to this place where there really aren't any humans. Mm-hmm. So that they're probably deliberately going to a much more remote location to construct it, and then it can fly around wherever it wants. So where did the Tawani family? Where the fuck were they coming from? They crash landed on the moon of Endor. They're humans. Like where? Like where are they? They didn't seem like they were in a big ship either. They're in like a little guy. They were it was smaller than the Falcon, slightly bigger than an A-wing. Right, it looked like an A-wing. And so, what was their whole deal? Like, why, where were, why were they there? And then the other reason this doesn't make any sense to me is I was going to compliment Wicket on how quickly he learned English because in Return of the Jedi he can't say a single word of English. In the Caravan of Courage, he can say he can kind of repeat what they say. But by the Battle for Endor, he's pretty much fluent in he's, English. He's speaking Frankenstein English. Right. Tarzan, Tonto English. Like, yeah, like, like Tarzan. Yeah. Fire good. Yeah. Come with Wicket, you know? I'm, like, I was like, wow, Wicket, you really progressed a lot in a, a short amount of time. But that means that he learned English and then by Return of the Jedi forgot it completely. Well... They were dubbed for the benefit of the television viewing audience. That's what I was going to ask you. Was that yes. English? No, it was not. It was not English. They spoke. Perhaps it was some dialect of English. Basic. In the Star Wars universe, English is called basic. Okay, wait. So the Tawani spoke a mysterious language, perhaps a dialect of basic, which they taught to the Ewoks, but it wasn't enough for them to understand proper basic a year later. Oh, okay. So the origins of that language is unknown. So are we... We so, have no idea where the Tawanis came from. All we know is when Sindel says, I wish we had furry creatures like you where I come from. So they come from a place with no furry creatures. So, yeah, that's so not, not Earth. Not Earth, for Tons sure. Of furry yeah, creatures furry here. creatures everywhere. Well, so what, what we're hearing when they're speaking is common sound like English? Or is it like, I don't know if I'm <laughs> making myself clear. Um, like, is it like the a universal translator in Star Trek? Are we hearing, like, are these translated into English, but common does not sound like English? That's that's what George R. R. Martin says about his world. Okay. When asked what the planet was called, he said, it's just, well, it's called Earth, but it's mm. not called Earth. It's called whatever they call it that means Earth. Okay. And then, like, explained, you know, I'm translating this into English, but... If you went, if if Game of Thrones was a real thing that really happened, you and you went there, you would be able to understand them. Nobody, yeah. So th- is that how this is? Like, if we actually met Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, we wouldn't understand them. They'd be speaking some weird language. I guess they you, they have to. Why would it yeah. be English? Yeah, no, the, yeah, we wouldn't understand them. That's how because all of these movies also are dubbed into other languages, right? Other like, Earth languages, Wookie, even droid languages. Absolutely, because because. R2-D2 is actually speaking a language, right? He's talking. Those aren't just, like, noises a robot makes. He's speaking. He is speaking because people respond to him. Duh. Okay. And also, on on that same note, that same sort of headspace you get into to deal with this stuff, <laughs> the solo trailer recently dropped. Uh-huh. And, and I saw a complaint that said, he really doesn't look like Harrison Ford. And I thought, well, no, of course not. He just needs to look like Han Solo. Uh-huh. Just like how dozens of people have played Churchill or or... 
JFK or Nixon or Dracula. God, that's actually a really cool way to think about it. So we're watching movies about about something that happened, but they got an actress to play Princess Leia. They they got right. an actor to play Han Solo. And that's why different actors can play Han Solo. We just barely got these we just barely dusted off the holocrons of mm-hmm. Han Solo's unfinished memoirs. And then this is also why people bitch about the accuracy because this is just an interpretation of the story. And that's how you can make all that's how it's all canon if you want it to be. That is, man. We've just found our loophole. <laughs> that's uh-huh. great. I mean, that's the way the Lord of the Rings was framed, too, was that it was a book written by, started by Bilbo, finished by Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. So it could be an unreliable narrator. Yeah, for sure. So whatever George, however George Lucas, uh, whatever his original sources were, mm-hmm. and, he, you know, he, he had to maybe combine some characters, maybe had to simplify some things for the narrative effect, just like you do in any biopic. God, that's also why, from certain points of view, Jedis are good and Jedis are bad. Mm-hmm. It's like the winners write the history books. And that's if why they, if they would have lost this rebellion overthrowing the empire, it would be a whole different story about the rebellion. And that's why the prequel the prequels were primarily based on interviews uh with C3PO. Hours and hours of interviews with C3PO. <laughs> there there really weren't any contemporaneous accounts from Anakin. <laughs> makes sense. His, his journals and letters were lost. That so makes George sense. had to sit down with 3PO. God, no wonder they turned out so bad. That and, makes total yeah, sense. That's why some of the motivations don't really make sense. And it, he's like, look, 3PO is there. Kind of the only witness I really have to this stuff. And it's also, that's why none of the people, all the performances feel kind of almost robotic, if you will. Because 3PO exactly. is retelling what these characters were doing, but he doesn't understand the only emotions, human emotions. He, the only emotion he understands is terrorized, like terrified self-preservation. Is his, so any motive other than that is a mystery to him. That, yeah, which is exactly why Anakin's motives don't quite make sense necessarily. Or anyone's motives in those movies. Yeah, can you imagine someone interviewing a robot about, like a computer, about your life? Well, it happens in Return of the Jedi. He tells the Ewoks the story of the Star Wars trilogy. That's true. So when Lucas came later and was thinking, I, I'm going to tell the prequels, I was there. Yeah. And Anakin went, I don't like sand. Because you know who doesn't like sand? A robot. A robot. It gets in their gears. That's why he's desperate to take the oil bath. Right. This is a very biased telling. No, I think that I'm going to write a book. Anakin never said that bullshit about sand. Yeah. This is all C-3PO telling the story. Even Anakin's motivations and stuff. This is like a secondhand story. 3PO wasn't there for a lot of this stuff. So it's, he had to pick it up from maybe R2. Yeah. Or just, or he might have been making it up. I think any any interpretation from another droid is going to be really weird. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to understand any kind of, especially romance. Any time that C-3PO or R2-D2 or any droid saw an interaction between Anakin and, and uh, Amidala, like it must have just been puzzling. Well, yeah, so Padme like, says to Anakin, I'm pregnant. And Anakin goes, oh, great. Because mm-hmm. C-3PO doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't know what that means. It's just information. All he knows is that little Anakin plugged a thing into his, in his thing and then he came alive. Right. He doesn't know what pregnant means. Okay. Well, that, that makes okay. That makes sense then. Why Wicket, his English is so terrible suddenly, where mm-hmm. it should be okay, because it wasn't even English. None of this is in English. Um, um, if if you want to go behind the scenes on the actual Ewok language, uh, Ben Burt, who's the hero of everything Star Wars, uh-huh. perhaps the the uh, MVP of everything. And why is that? 
I think the sound, the the crazy lengths he went to, to make the sound so distinctive, unlike oh, yeah. anything you've ever heard, and yet all cohesive. It's true. And you hear a sound, and you think that's a Star Wars sound. Yeah, years ago when we on our other podcast we we talked about Star Wars, and we were all blown away by the first time that we were all really noticed the sound design was how incredible it was. At least first time I did. <laughs> and I, I heard something the other day that said he basically invented the concept of sound design. And there's always been full of work where you're clapping rocks together to be horses. But he was kind of thinking outside the box, right? He's the first that was taking like an elephant squeal and slowing it down while scraping sandpaper exactly. at the same time. That kind of type of stuff, right? Where you're right. literally creating a sound that's never been heard. Right. So this, so he heard, somehow, he, he was watching a documentary about the Kalmyk people of Russia, which are these Mongolian-type people. Mm-hmm. Kalmyk, a language spoken by basically 100 people. Okay. So he found an 80-year-old Kalmyk refugee in the United States and recorded her telling folk tales in her native language, then used those recordings to make the Ewok language. Wow. And so some of it was, was performed by voice actors who were imitating her voice. Uh, Anthony Daniels imitated some of the words well, that's and, and why, some invented words. That's why it sounds so great, because I've always thought the Ewok language sounds like a language. It's never yeah, sounded like gibberish to the me. The Jawa language, the Hutt language, they yeah. all do sound like languages. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, specifically the Ewoks, I've always thought had an impressive sounding language. Because they sound like they're rambling on about something, but they sound like they're not just making noises. Like they're saying something to all these people. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, and that's the extra mile. That's like uh, that's, right. that's like something you wouldn't think of. Like, okay, you've got to make these teddy bears have an alien language. And an idiot like me, I would just be like, okay, well, they they kind of sound like ookie dooky doo, you know? Exactly. But he's literally find like, okay, I've got to f- find a language that's real, and then and then record a folk tale. Like this is that's incredible. That's so creative. He's amazing. It, yeah. I mean, with without his work, this if everything else is the same. And without his, these these movies would not be, be what they are, you know? Yeah. I, was, I, was I also, guess you could say that about anyone, but for him, for him, I really mean it. Well, I was reading that another thing that I think is another person that's kind of an – he probably gets more credit, actually, than the sound guy is is John Williams. How much – not in these two Ewok movies. So we've gotten way off the rails. But, <laughs> right. But just how – can you imagine if these movies didn't have this symphonic score? Because I – I read that George Lucas originally wanted to use symphony, literal symphony scores, for for the music, and he and John he put in classical music, yeah, when when editing it. But I but I I read that he wanted to actually get the rights or if I don't know if they need rights to classical music, but he actually use Flight of the Valkyries Just, and yeah, stuff. Mm. And and so they, he was talked into. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but someone talked him into letting John Williams do something exactly the same. I want to know because actually, talk about unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. A lot of the behind-the-scenes Star Wars stuff is different people over the course of forty years telling different stories. Even George Lucas telling different stories than he told, because probably he just doesn't remember. And then a lot of Star Wars stuff that I think is fact. I'm like, wait, did some kid just tell me that at recess right, in right. first grade? And Seriously. I well, I mean, we're getting back to what we were talking about in that Masters of the Universe documentary, where everyone's claiming to create He-Man. Mm-hmm. Like there's everyone's going to be claiming they created Ewoks and stuff because it's great. And they probably all believe it. But but so anyway, on that note, one thing that I think I may have heard is that the studio wanted the traditional sci-fi type soundtrack 
the like ooh, theremin and stuff theremins and, and the star trek kind of chorus and, oh yeah okay and maybe even contemporary drums or guitar it's, it's jefferson starship maybe exactly <laughs> exactly jefferson starship and then he put in the classical stuff and insisted on that and then uh john williams took off from there that's okay well that's probably more accurate than like my my version that i well no because yours up. is right because then then lucas put in the classical stuff oh okay that's what he wanted um no this does say no williams had to convince him that an original score would be better yeah that's what i thought i read so that's god think about these movies without the the special like without the laser blast and the lightsaber noises mm-hmm. and then without the john williams score can you even imagine I'd rather not it's i know terrible. i wouldn't it would be these ewok movies basically <laughs> uh, yeah i think i can't imagine we just watched them <laughs> or the holiday special so you were saying that the second one was Masters of the Universe. What was the the first one? Okay, the first one. Uh, this I thought this was really interesting. We we've seen that the kid's name is Mace. Mm-hmm. There's a couple callbacks to the original trilogy where when they're talking about food. So in Return of the Jedi, Leia is convincing Wicket what food is, and she's going food, eat, right, eat, and making right. that gesture. And this one, Mace is trying to ask for food and doing the same thing: food, eat. Oh, that's like right. Point into his mouth. Uh huh. And then the Ewoks start going through their stuff on the ship, and I, and he, May says something that's exactly what Luke said when Yoda was doing the same thing. Oh, okay. Ah, you're making a mess or something like that. Okay. But so the Ewoks were played, uh, Wicked, of course, by Warwick Davis. Mm-hmm. Lots of other Ewoks were played by little people actors mm-hmm. who we were going to see again in two years in Willow, also with a story by George Lucas. Oh, yeah. So the little people get out of their costumes. Okay. The Gorlax looks exactly like the little trolls in Willow. It Those does. It does. Things. Yeah. And then there's the scene. With I was the trying glowing, to place it. The glowing, um, little glowing fairy things are straight out of Willow, or rather, in Willow, they're straight out of this. Wow. So these Ewok movies are almost half baked. He like hadn't fully thought of Willow yet. It was like the dra- was still, dry run for Willow. He's still working the first draft. Wow, that's fascinating. Also, also you know, a bunch of unlikely people going on a long walk which is also hobbit and lord of the rings but still it's like literally the same actors and mad martigan is very han solo Mm -hmm. he's very not the hero at first but that becomes the hero Mad martigan's exactly he's straight up han solo huh uh and then bav morda the evil wizard lady is the same as the evil wizard lady here and there's there's even like a princess right well the princess is a baby Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a baby, but same thing. It's it's literally like the same actors, but they get to be themselves and not wear fur suits. And then besides, and then they go to a castle. It, there's a guy with a, a skull mask castle. too, right? There's like also a, a guy with a skull mask. There's a guy, yeah. The scary guy has a skull mask, which is just Darth Vader or yeah, Lord he, he, he's a, he's a medieval Darth Vader is all he is. And, yeah, wow. and, and then the evil wizard, and then is there shape shifting? There is, yeah. the 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 witch can the turn, good, the the good, good witch, witch can shape shift into different things. Just God, like this, the yeah. witch, the witch, does she even turn into like a crow, like this witch? I feel like she, I almost feel like she does, right? The witch in Ewoks in Willow. Yeah, Bav Morda. I doesn't I don't remember. she turn into a? I don't really remember what her what her jam is. Or she has a she has a crow. She either turns into one or has a familiar. So, yeah, she's Sorceress Queen. I, I yeah, I really this don't is... remember what kind of evil stuff she did other than want the baby, and I don't remember why. 
Wow, this is. And then the brownies are the the Jar Jar characters. The yeah. two little guys that are like six inches tall. Or they're the droids. Oh, that's more like it. They're the droids. Jeez. This has really been this has really been an eye opening for so me. Will- Willow's a magician. Yeah, he this is. This whole thing's all about magic and enchantment and so, so this was his soft transition from the science fiction world to to fantasy. And he wanted to do magic in this for the fairy tale, and then he thought, Oh, this just doesn't work. I I've got the forest, which is kind of like magic, but I can't have classic wizard magic i know those ewoks easily could be on the same planet as the willow planet yes yeah, it's, 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 it's just the other side it's, it, yeah it's maybe it maybe it, it this the willow planet is endor and the ewok is the moon of endor you know Jeez, it's giving me a lot to think about actually oh, yeah good <laughs> yeah I, i'm glad because when, when we were about to record i thought what are we going to talk about but I think knowing that the principal source for the prequels was interviews with C-3PO is very important. I think that's imp- – yeah, and then it's a new way to look at these movies where you like got to keep in mind the reason there's more than one actor is Han Solo is because they – you can't – you know, they had to get an actor. They can't get Han Solo. He's been dead for 200 years. In the Pacific Northwest. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that already. But, I mean, they had to get an actor. It's just like when they make a movie about about George Washington. You can't get George Washington. Mm-mm. You've got to get some actor willing to get fat and, and put on a wig and, you know, the whole shebang. Paul Giamatti as, as John Adams and Stannis Baratheon. As, and that right. same actor has now played the real character Thomas Jefferson and the real character Stannis Baratheon. Yes. Real figures from history. Right. So that's, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to look at it. So what? I was going to say like where you can watch these, but just don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. I, and again, I remembered, I, I really, I really truly do like Ewoks. I do too. And I love the Yub Yub song. And as a kid, I loved them. Even now, like I, everyone loves to complain. I think that came out of Clerks was when that entered the pop culture. About Ewoks? Yeah. Wasn't it a scene in Clerks where they're like ranting yeah. about Ewoks? Yeah, yeah. These stupid little teddy bears. They're, they are cute little teddy bears, but yes, they're murderous, violent cannibals. Yeah. So I, it's not like they were just too saccharine. Uh, seriously, when you They're when you po- at all. when you pointed out that they most likely ate the the stormtroopers, <laughs> Storm totally yeah. changed the way I looked at Ewoks. Because <laughs> then I started realizing, yeah, like they were going to eat everybody. These they were going to tear the flesh off of other, like clearly intelligent life forms. It wasn't like they re- came upon an animal to eat its meat that they, they mistook for, for some stupid creature. These are people talking to them, wearing clothes, wearing clothes, and they're going to eat them. And I was like, wow, the Ewoks, ain't, they're kind of badass. Totally. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm on board with the Ewoks. But just don't, it, don't, just don't watch them. There's only yeah. been one DVD release. Uh, Warwick Davis and Mace offered to record a commentary, and no one got back to them. <laughs> I would say if you have the flu and you're just kind of bored, there's nothing to do, and you're just kind of laying there, these would be enjoyable. And, and at least the holiday special you're watching it going wtf the whole time yeah you're just watching going "Mm -hmm." second one is a lot better it ends and you quietly turn the television off and go about your day i will say this if you're gonna watch one of them watch the second you know just jump in you don't need to know what happens in the first because nothing does happen yeah so jump on into the second it's actually kind of cool yeah you should i think you should go back and watch the scene where they sneak into the castle because that was the best part i thought of the whole thing besides the beginning yeah i need to watch that and i the, the reason i stopped watching wasn't because i was bored but i just ran out of time fatigue i was yeah i had Ewok fatigue. <laughs> well, Ewok fatigues, the, the Kenner toy, toys, that's what they were called, Luke and his Bespin fatigues. Right. So Ewok fatigues is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm well, does that mean I'm dressed like an Ewok or am I wearing Ewok fur? 
Because right. I don't believe in Ewok fur. I know. Both are equally horrifying. That's true. You're, you're, no matter what, some something has died. I'm going to cosplay as an Ewok for Halloween, but I'm not going to do the part where I have a fursuit. Man. He's gonna wear some sort of leathery hood and a bandolier. I wanted, to, I want to get a an Ewok outfit for my dog for for Halloween. He will hate it, but that's then he's right in character if he's furious yeah. about it. Well, there's just one more bit of trivia. Then Ewoks were based on a Griffin Bruxellois, a Brussels Griffin, which is a breed of toy dog. And George Lucas had one. That's a, there's a real dog that looks like Ewoks more well, than even of, my dog looks like an Ewok. I mean, a, a little bit, a little bit. Not All exactly. Right. You can you can clearly see. There's no question of the inspiration. And yes, they do. Tuggy's got the the, the nose yeah. thing and the the yeah yeah he so, does. Yeah, so we'll look through some of these. All right, cool. All right, uh, are Star Wars months still rolling? I don't even know anymore. I just like, I just want to be a Star Wars podcast now, yeah, yeah. but I don't know what I, what else to talk about. I know we've kind of run out of things. I guess um, there's Turkish Star Wars. Okay, well, that's a, that, well, that, let's look into that. It's a definite maybe. Of, because it's kind of been, it's kind of rough. Maybe we should just watch Empire Strikes Back and talk about <laughs> it next week. All right, it could be Empire Strikes Back, could be Turkish Star Wars. Or it could just be that we bring in our shoeboxes and, and play with our toys and talk into microphones yeah. for an hour. So you're just going to have to wait and see. All right, I'm in Indoor right now. See you later.